clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never, never clock, clock out. out. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm super excited. Got a lot of things going on right now. <laughs> a few announcements that I'm really, really, really excited to share with you guys. Um, November 7th, I'm going to be helping my brother, Douglas Rogers, a.k.a. Reed B. Versus, celebrate his album release concert. Um, if you don't have his project, Micah's Birthday, make sure you grab it. Read B Versus, Micah's Birthday. It's an awesome project. Very intimate, detailed account of a season in his life. Man, it's been getting great reviews. But I'm excited. I'm really excited because um, I'm going to be helping him celebrate his album release concert and this why is so special not just because I love Doug but it's special because it's going to be my first time um performing as a solo artist ministering as a solo artist and so it is bittersweet because I'm I'm so accustomed to ministering and performing with my brother Matt um, but this is going to be the first time I've performed as a solo artist in years. Like, and when I say in years, since I was like a teenager, you know, so um, this is going to be special because I'm going to be sharing um, original new music from my upcoming album. And so, man, make sure y'all come out and support. It's going to be an awesome night. It's going to be at Harvest for those in the Michigan area. Um, it's going to be at Harvest Bible Church in Westland, Michigan um, at 7 p.m. So I'm super excited about that. Also, another announcement. And I know I haven't said nothing about this on any of the previous shows, but I'm releasing another single on October 15th, which is Monday, which actually I think is the next Monday this upcoming Monday. Yeah, I'm releasing a single on October 15th. It's going to be the second single from my upcoming album. And this song is titled Denial. Listen, I'm super excited about sharing this stuff with you guys. Listen, I've been sitting on a lot of um, dope music, a lot of good music. So I'm excited just to be able to get it out to you guys. So be looking for that. Um, also, I've been if you want to sow into the ministry, donate to my upcoming project and just being able to put out quality material from blogs to podcasts to video and things of that nature, man, you can donate or sow whatever you feel led to to path of revelation now at gmail.com, which is the PayPal, or you can just cash at me, Gabriel T. Parker. Um, Gabriel T. Parker is the cash app. Listen, I'm super excited. I want to thank everybody who has been supporting and getting behind Path of Revelation, the ministry and the music and all of that good stuff. Listen, we don't take it for granted. Like, I don't take it for granted. Anyone who who invests time to to listen and, and share 
uh, our music or share the show. Like it means so much to me um, because everything I, I strive to do is for the glory of God. At the end of the day, when when I die and I'm gone, I want my legacy to be that I lived my life to the glory of God, that I lived to 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 glorify Jesus and 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 see people transformed by his glorious gospel like that. That is my purpose. My purpose is to inspire and encourage uh, believers to walk in their calling and to point people who don't know Jesus to Jesus. So I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited about that. Um, one of the things that, that, that has been on my heart that I want to share real quick before we hop into the featured song is man, I've been, I've been really focusing on my attitude in prayer because we all know the importance of prayer. Like man, every, like most non-believers or, or people who don't even know Christ will acknowledge like, yo, prayer is important. I pray all the time. Like you, you'll find people who don't even know God. That's like, yo, I pray every day. Like I, I bless my family, bless my job, bless me with promotions. Like people pray all the time. Um, but one of the things that the Lord has really been challenging me on is my posture and my attitude when I go into prayer. Because a lot of times it's not that um, is anything wrong with going into prayer with um, taking all of your doubts, your struggles and confusion, all of your life issues is nothing wrong with taking those things to God. Right. Like Jesus said, cast all your cares on me like we're to cast all of our cares on the Lord. But a lot of times what I've learned is many times when we go into prayer, we have more confidence um, in our problems than we do God. And sometimes like I've been guilty of just going through the motions. Sometimes we just go through the motions. We're doing it because we know we're supposed to pray, but we're not going into prayer with a believing heart, with a, with the mind of faith in the God that we serve, knowing that he actually hears us. And so I was reminded of Hebrews chapter four, verse 16. Um, and, and I'll actually start at verse 15. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So what this means is that Jesus has been tempted in every way that we've been tempted and some. And, and, and not just that, but he actually sympathizes with our weaknesses. In other words, when we get weak and weary, when we feel defeated, Christ isn't looking at us and saying, shame on you, shame on you for for wrestling with doubt, shame on you for 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 wrestling with confusion. But the Bible lets us know that he sympathizes with us because he was tempted as we were tempted yet without sin. And so verse 16 is what I love. I love how it starts out in verse 16. It says, let us then, because he sympathizes with us and he understands, let us then, because he went through what we went through yet without sin. It says, let us then with confidence draw near 
to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There is a confidence that we have to have in God. Listen, it, it doesn't mean that we don't bring our struggles and our trials to him. It doesn't mean that we don't bring our doubts and our frustrations and our bitterness and our hurt to him. But the key is when we come to him with all of these things, as the Bible tells us to cast all of our cares on the Lord, for he cares for us. When we do that, it is important that we do it with an attitude of confidence, a posture of submission to him, knowing that he hears us and that he is able to bring us through and bring us through on top. And, and really what I'm learning, here's here's one thing that I've learned is that you can't come to the Lord in confidence if you're always meditating on your trials and what's negative. If you're like if we look in the past, because I always hear preachers say, don't look to the past, look to the future. Well, there's times where we have to look to the past. But the problem is when many of us look to the past, we just look to the bad things. We just look to the negative things. We look to who hurt us, what, who did us wrong. No, when we look to the past, we have to be like David before we go, before we face Goliath or when we're facing Goliath, we have to be like David. What did David do before he faced Goliath? He replayed the victory that God gave him over the bear and the lion. In other words, God gave him before Goliath, God gave him victory and he slayed a, a lion and a bear. He did the impossible. And so in his mind, if God brought me through that, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? See what David did. He, he was aware of how great Goliath was. He was aware of how strong Goliath was. He was aware of all the people who Goliath had defeated before he faced Goliath. But you know what David was even more aware of? He was aware of the God that he served. And so many of us need to replay the victories and the things that God has brought us through in the past, the things that we thought were going to take us out, the things that we thought were going to cause us to lose our mind and go crazy, the things that we thought were going to literally kill us. And God brought us through those things. Those are the things that we have to look back at and look and, and be able to allow those things to minister us to minister to us and say, if God brought me through that, if God gave me victory over that, he's going to give me victory in the midst of this. And so the confidence that we have has to be in the Lord. And I'm reminded of Proverbs chapter three, verse five through, I believe six or verse five through seven. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. See, something interesting about that, it doesn't say that we're supposed to trust in our heart. 
See, we live in a, a culture in a world that says, hey, trust in your heart. Follow your heart. But the Bible never says trust in your heart because we know the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? That's Jeremiah 17 and nine. Like and so we are to trust in the Lord with our heart. In other words, we're the Bible says from the heart flows the issues of life. So in other words, we're supposed to give everything that goes through our heart. We're supposed to give our heart to the Lord. Trust in him with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. We're not to lean to our confusion. We're not to lean to our emotions. We're not to lean to what we think it looks like but we're to lean we're to um acknowledge him in all of our ways and he will direct our path and so there's a confidence that we have to have with the lord like man i'm bringing all of my doubts to the lord i'm bringing every weakness to him and i'm like yo god god i don't have i don't have the strength for this i need your strength god i can't do this on my own i need you god god i'm i'm gonna step out the boat if you tell me to and there's a confidence that we have to have in the Lord. And so one of the things that I've really been working on is is going to God with the posture of confidence. Another part of, of coming to God in confidence is having an attitude of gratitude. Many of us don't have uh, the confidence in God that we should. It's because we're not grateful. We're not grateful for what the Lord has already done in our lives. Like many of us are not content. We're looking at our situation like, yo, my house is not big enough or or I don't like my job. I don't I don't I don't like the car that I drive. But man, it's somebody who doesn't even have a house. It's somebody who's who doesn't have a car or who's catching the bus. It's like, man, we we're not grateful and, and, and a lot of times we're not grateful. Now, catch this. A lot of times we're not grateful because we're always comparing ourselves to others. And so you can't truly be grateful if you're always comparing yourself to others. And get this. You can't be content as the Bible tells us to be be if you're always comparing yourself to others. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. But a lot of us isn't experiencing that because we're always comparing ourselves to others. And when we compare ourselves to others and, and we lack it, 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 it is a result. It results in, in discontentment and it, and it, and it results in a, in a heart that is not grateful. Like, man, like, man, I'm grateful that I have food on my table. I'm grateful that I have two healthy children. Man, there's people who can't even have kids. Like, man, I'm grateful that I have a wife that loves me. Man, I'm great. I might not be in the house, my dream house, but I have a roof over my head. Man, Jesus died to save me from my sins. I was dead in my sin. I was on my way to hell. Like if he doesn't do another thing for me, that is enough for me to glorify him. Like we have to learn how to be grateful like Paul. And, and I'm going to say this before I hop into the feature song for this episode in Philippians four, Paul says, in whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. He says, man, I've learned to have more than enough and I've learned to not have enough. He says, whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. And, and what he's saying is he's learned to recognize God as his source. He's learned to, to glorify good God in the good and the bad. He's learned 
to see the glory of God being revealed in his life. And, and, and Paul had the reason why Paul was able to write that. Now, get this. He was writing this while he was in prison. He was writing this letter while he had chains on. He says, man, I've learned to be content. He says, I've learned to have more than enough and not enough. And then he goes on to verse 13. He says, man, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. See, that's the context of that. A lot of times we hear I can do all things through Christ. Man, we it, we a lot of times we hear that verse being applied to whatever we want. Like, man, I can, man, I want to be a millionaire. I want to move to Beverly Hills. Man, I could do all things through Christ. Like, what if that's not God's will? No, that that verse is talking about being content in Christ, going through and not allowing your successes or your trials to overtake you. Because here, here's another thing. People lose their mind and forget God when things are going good. And people forget God and lose their mind when things are going bad. So the good and the bad can be a distraction from God. And so we have the purpose in our hearts to let God be our source. And listen, I talked about this on, I believe, on the last episode when we go or I probably talked about it on my face, the last Facebook live I did. Man, a lot of times we're we're not seeing the results we need to see out of prayer a lot of times because we're going into prayer with a self-centered heart, a self-centered will. But man, if we can um, go start going into prayer with the with 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 the same mindset that Jesus had in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he was about to be crucified, right before he was about to be beaten and flesh ripped from his body. He said, you know what, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, if there's another way, God, let it be done. But he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That needs to be our posture in prayer. God, I glorify you. God, not my will, but your will be done. A lot of us are lacking in, 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 in reaping the power we need out of prayer because we're going into prayer with the wrong mindset. We're going into prayer with the mindset of God, give me, give me, give me, instead of a mindset of God, change me, change me, change me, mold me, mold me, mold me, shape me, shape me, shape me in your likeness. And so, man, I pray that I pray that this blesses you guys. But listen, um, in the in this next segment, I'm going to be dealing with this this case of the conviction of Amber Geiger. Um, most of you guys have probably been following this this story. Amber Geiger was a former Dallas police officer who came home to her apartment complex and she walked into the wrong apartment because um, she claimed she thought it was her apartment and she ended up killing a young man who was a believer by the name of Botham Jean and Botham Jean was just sitting on the couch eating ice cream and she thought she claims that she thought he was a home invader and she ends up killing him but what's interesting about this story she just got convicted and she got convicted of 10 years and social media has been going crazy and the part that I want to focus on is 
the forgiveness that was displayed by Botham Jean's little brother, Brant Jean. He he gave a very touching speech at her sentencing and he asked to hug her at the end. And and so I want to deal with this and how we as Christians should be viewing this situation and situations in our life as it relates to forgiveness. Like how what is the biblical what does biblical forgiveness look like in the life of a believer? So before that, let's hop into the feature song for this episode, which is our song. Godly is from our last project, The Peculiar, which is available on all digital outlets. Let's hop into Godly. Christianity makes you a slave to insanity. Don't care, you ain't a fan of me. No. I'll take your jokes and your mockery. But the father is proud of me, I went about to the Akala Kawali. Yeah. It's easy to go with the trends, but all of your friends in this new age. Yeah. Christians don't care about sin, so they learn in the bin, so they burn sage. Yeah. What a huge mistake they Ooh. take it from a witch page. Uh. Look into astronomy, ask faith. Yeah. Igniting a holy guy with rage. Temptation every hand, I ain't playing. I'm just saying, I ain't praying that we're standing in this plan. Not abandoning our fandom. He's fashioning the plan. This is random. I'm saying, I'm planning. Yeah. The word on my heart. The Holy Spirit got me seeking truth like a canine. It's got me seeing all the hypocrites with Christian written on the head with a crayon. So keep going. The path is still golden. I'm not a theologian, but my heart is still for him. I gotta be bold. Yeah. I know I sound old. Yeah. I'm told go along with the slope, but the slope would choke out the path that I chose. We won't tiptoe, won't step lightly, won't fall, be bold, let's live godly. We won't tiptoe, won't step lightly, won't fall, be bold, let's live godly. We just want to live godly. I don't Like me. They say self-love is the key to what's wrong with the world, so learn how to love you. But self-love, the results in greed and lust, so to say it's the key is untrue. Wars and genocide, man won't kill his pride, all the result of self-love. Self-love is our default, we don't struggle with the summer prayer, Lord God help us. The key is to know how much God really loves you. He came in the flesh, took our sins in his death, or so his wrath when it crushed you. They say, don't judge when somebody's deceased. At the drop of a hat, turn around and put somebody in heaven with rest and peace. Thank a stranger every day. Yet the foreign just because we pray doesn't mean we know I'm singing, shouting the church, going through the motions Doesn't mean a thing if there's no true devotion Help us not to be a hypocrite Help worship go beyond our lips Help us stand us by how hard it gets Whether in a palace or a pit Whipping me, killing me, the enemy, enter me Be so weak, soon we'll be the enemy So we flee adultery, fornication, lust me Death to me is heavenly, but the spirit flesh ceased Answer, we's calling We just try to be godly Dancing, I'm all in Ain't nothing gonna stop me We won't won't step lightly, won't fall, be bold, let's live godly. We won't tiptoe, won't step lightly, won't fall, be bold, let's live godly. We just want to live godly. I don't really care if you truly do not like me. We just want to live godly. I 
like me So the former Dallas police officer, Amber Geiger, walks into the apartment of Botham Jean, thinking that she's walking into her apartment, according to story. And she sees Botham Jean, who was sitting on his couch eating ice cream. And she panicked because she thought that she was in her apartment and she thought he had broken in and she ends up killing him. She ends up killing him. And so she was just recently sentenced to 10 years. She only got 10 years for killing this man in his apartment, which I think is this whole story is a tragedy. Like, and I most definitely think that she should have got more than 10 years. Like, I think I really, you know, just listening to the details of the story but at the sentencing at her sentencing they allowed Botham Jean's younger brother Brent to have words and when he had words he eventually asked to hug the officer but he had touching words um and I want to just play. I want to. I want to play what what he said to her. And so here's the the audio of Brent Jean, uh, Botham Jean's little brother, speaking to Amber Geiger at her sentencing. I do not own the rights to this audio. I can speak for myself. I I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask Him. He will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? 
please. Yes. So that was the audio of Botham Jean brother Brent telling the officer who murdered his brother, I forgive you. I love you. And listen, God will forgive you if you ask. And he says, I think the best thing that can come out of this would be you giving your life to Christ. My brother, Botham, would want that. Now, this was beautiful to me. Out of the most horrendous thing, out of the most horrendous circumstances and story, I believe that this was a display of God's glory. And, and, I, I, and I've just been reading, I've been seeing some of the responses on social media and it really breaks my heart, not so much um, from the people who don't profess to be Christians because I expect uh, um, these type of negative responses from people who don't know the Lord, even though it hurts, I expect it. But I don't, I didn't expect the amount of negative responses that I saw from people who profess to be believers, from from people who name the name of the Lord. And, and I've seen people try to downplay what Brent Jean did and, and use different theological explanations to explain it away and why he wasn't obligated to forgive her. And listen, man. It's, 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 it's hogwash to me. I'm just being honest. Listen, when we look at the word forgive, before we look at, I want to look at what the Bible commands us to do as believers. Because I've heard the argument that, hey, you're not obligated to forgive someone unless they ask for forgiveness or unless they repent is what, what I've heard from some believers. But is that biblical? When we look at the word forgive, the definition of the word forgive is to stop feeling angry or resentful toward someone for an offense, flaw or mistake. In other words, the desire to get revenge, to hold bitterness and resentment against someone. The Bible says we're not to hold on to those things when someone wrongs us. Like we're to desire to see even our enemies and those who have hurt us saved. And so I'm reminded of Matthew chapter five. And I'm going to go through a few scriptures and 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 listen, the word of God is our standard as believers. I believe this situation has really shown how much of us truly believe the gospel. Um, I believe that this story has revealed what many of us believe about the cross as it relates to us. Because if we be honest, none of us deserve God's grace. 
But listen, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45, Jesus says, you have heard it. You have, and this is Jesus talking. Matthew 5, verse 43 through 45. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It doesn't say, hey, pray for them once they ask for forgiveness. It doesn't say pray for them once they repent. It says, but I say unto you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sins reign on the just and on the unjust. Matthew 6, verse 11 through 15. I just want to go through these and I'm going to kind of dive in. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11 through 15. This is Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. He says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So in other words, God, I want you to forgive my debts because I'm forgiving my debtors. Like forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Man, this is straightforward stuff. Ephesians chapter four, verse 31 through 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. In other words, ill intent, hatred, rage. Like I, I want, I want to see you dead. I want to hurt you. I want to kill. Like it says, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Listen, we forgive because we've been forgiven. It's simple. It's simple. I believe many times we withhold forgiveness because we forget what the Lord actually did for us on the cross. That yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And I think we withhold forgiveness because we forget that even on our best day, our righteousness is but filthy rags. Like the Lord didn't wait for us to ask for repentance to die. He died to secure our forgiveness. Like we forgive because we've been forgiven. Listen, some of us are looking at Amber like, man, she's a murderer, man. She did man, forget that, man. Listen, the Bible, listen, God's standard, according to God's standards, if you've ever hated someone, you're a murder, murderer in God's eyes. You're no different than Amber in God's eyes. If you've ever hated someone, first John chapter three, verse 15 says, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. 
and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Listen, I'm a murderer too. Listen, if God is truly our standard, then none of us deserve grace and forgiveness. Listen, we forgive because we've been forgiven. But I think we withhold forgiveness because we forget that even on our best day, even on your best day, your righteousness is still but filthy rags. My righteousness is but but filthy rags. Listen, though, though I believe God provides forgiveness for everyone, he is not obligated to forgive everyone. But here's the thing. We're not God. We're not God. When we as believers forgive those who listen to me and hear me good. When we as believers forgive those who have wronged us. When we pray for our enemies, when we bless them that curse us, it is a testament of what God has done in our lives. It is a witness that we've been given grace that we didn't deserve, that we have been partakers of salvation and grace that we did not earn. And so that what was freely given to us, we give in hopes that men would trust in our Savior. Barabbas, um, Barabbas was guilty, y'all. Barabbas didn't ask for forgiveness or but the Lord allowed him to be let go that he be crucified for the sins of the world man we're all Barabbas <laughs> we're all Barabbas we're all listen I've heard people a lot of people speak and I have to speak to this and, and I'm going to be done. This will probably be a, a quick show. It'll be over. But I've heard people equate Brent Jean forgiving Amber Geiger, who is a white woman and Brent being a black man. I've heard people equate it to, hey, this is why black people were, were became slaves because the white man Christianity is the white man's religion and, and Christianity they use they see see they're using that forgiveness stuff to keep us bound again man how st that listen first and foremost Christianity was a faith way before the white man came along like the Bible is written by Jews Middle Easterners <laughs> I think the only Caucasian writer who may have been Caucasian is Luke. But the Bible is literally written by Jews. And so that's the first thing. <laughs> the second thing is, yes, slave owners did use the Bible. They manipulated scriptures to to enslave slaves and keep them bound mentally. 
Yes, that yes, slave masters did manipulate scripture to keep slaves in bondage. But that's only part of history. We, we got to tell the whole story. That same Bible was also used to motivate many of the abolitionists who stood up and fought for the freedom of slaves. So to my to my woke audience, the, the, the self-proclaimed woke folk whose interpretation of the Bible was right. The ones who were trying to in, keep us slaves or the ones who were fighting for our freedom. And I would argue the ones who were fighting for our freedom. When the Bible talks about slavery, it's understand it, it, like the Bible. See, these type of things that have been debunked for years resurface because people aren't studiers. People aren't studying the scriptures like the Bible talks about slavery, but contextually, it's not always the same type of slavery. Like there are instances of slavery like what we as black people experienced in the transatlantic slave trade mentioned in the Bible. But the Bible actually condemns that type of slavery. Um, the other type of slavery that is talked about in the scriptures is like a bond servant type of slavery where you would have poor people who would go to work for wealthy families and they would be in contract to the family, the family, they would work the, the family's land and work for the family. And in return, the family would pay them a wage, would feed them, give them shelter. And so it was more of a bond servant type of uh, work, uh, uh, more of a employer employee type relationship. And so you can't just read the Bible and say, oh, slavery or oh, there it is. We have to read context. And I always say this on the show. This is why it's important not to just isolate scriptures without getting the context of the entire text. This is why I always tell y'all like, man, it's important to read. Like if you're going to read the Bible, read, read a whole chapter, read a whole book in the Bible. Man, matter of fact, read work towards reading the entire Bible because it is dangerous to isolate scriptures and make them mean what you want them to mean. And this is what's happening with a lot of this false doctrine and Christianity is the white man's religion. It's all deception and a trick of the enemy. And listen, also, let's not forget, like, because we keep saying Christianity is the white man's religion. Are you aware of the civil rights movement? We as black people, man, see, I'm getting fired up. We as listen to me, we as black people would not be would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the civil rights movement, which was led by predominantly Christians, Dr. Martin Luther King, like the list, like these movements now, of course, you had other people who were a part of the um, civil rights like the Black Panthers and Malcolm X. But a large portion in the progress of the of, of the civil rights movement, it was because of the church. It was because of Christians. And so while you in 2019, black Christian, black woke person is is 
knocking Christianity and saying it's the white man's religion, a lot of the freedoms that we are enjoying today are the result of Christians who were motivated by the Bible to love their enemies. And listen, loving our enemies does not mean that we don't stand up for justice. It doesn't mean that we just sit down and, 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 and be stepped on and taken advantage of. But listen, we love our enemies. We, we pray for those who, who persecute us and misuse us. But at the same time, we stand up for justice and equality. And so a lot of the freedoms that we enjoy today, as much as you hate Christianity, a lot of the freedoms that you are enjoying today are the result of Christian men and women who stood up on biblical principles. And that's listen, that's facts. That is facts. So I love you. I love you. Listen, we as Christians, we have to strive to live this thing for real and we have to we have to learn how to deny ourselves forgiving our enemies is a form of denying yourself because who wants to who wants to forgive someone who's done them wrong who wants to who wants to forgive someone who's hurt them but yet we see the ultimate example in Christ and so if we've been forgiven much Let's forgive much. Let's let our lights, let's let our light so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Listen, I love you guys. Make sure you guys, if you have any prayer requests or any suggestions for future shows, make sure you go to Path of Revelation now dot com and write in listen you can also donate again my cash app is gabriel t parker i'm working on my first solo project and listen man every every bit of giving that you guys uh give is going towards visuals and in the mixing and mastering i appreciate you guys support listen You've been tuned in to the Path of Revelation podcast. And yes, this is where the culture meets scripture. <laughs>